What's up, everybody? Welcome to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing. And my man, Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What is up? Oh, another beautiful day. We were just talking about it a second ago. Uh, you know, last week it was in the 90s here in Northern California, and this week it's been in the 50s and raining. So, yeah, apparently Mother Nature can't make up its mind. Good old bipolar weather. That's right. Yeah, it was funny because a couple of days ago I was working. We were doing the the work in the glass business and my brother and I we were at a shop we were swapping out a windshield or something like that and it's like you know 52 degrees outside and raining and my brother's like dude this hole in the sun is screwing things up and I'm like hole in the sun he's like yeah there's a hole in the sun I go there is I go how is there a hole in the sun he's like there is he's like there is bro there's a hole in the sun uh and it's causing all kinds of issues right now with the weather. And I'm like, but it's a ball of gas. How is there an actual hole in, in the sun? Like, I don't know what that means. He's like, yeah, it's a hole through the sun. I go, I don't know if it's that, dude. I think it might be something else. And sure enough, my, my brother, if you knew my brother, and I love him because he's the king of the, of the, uh, he, if there was ever like a poster boy or a poster child for the, uh, you know, the telephone game, right? When you would tell somebody something and then they would tell another person. And by the time you went like 20 people, the initial message is so completely screwed up, right? So that's my brother, but minus the other 19 people in the middle. Like he can get it confused just all on his own. And he has a ton of these things where... One of the best things he ever did. This was, I mean, he was like in fourth grade. He had, a, there was, a, we laugh up to this day. There was a question on one of his tests and it said, do lasers cut diamonds? And he just put yes, diamonds. And so it's like, buddy, you got, you're missing a whole lot of information <laughs> yeah. there. So apparently there is a, a coronal hole in the sun, which is something that, you know, has these coronal winds and outbursts, these solar winds that, but it's not an actual hole that goes through the sun. It's not like there's a giant gaping hole in the sun. So anyways, yeah, just a funny story, but yeah, weather here's been ridiculous. Like I was just telling Keith, you know, the, Cal, the, you know, one of the only good things about California is the weather. And if, I mean, if we don't have that, then there's really no reason to be here. So yeah, just, uh, dealing with that crap so how how's uh how's your weekend been how's your week how has your weekend and week been going um busy i uh, just started working overtime for a guy that's out on surgery so been doing that um took my girls yesterday they got their hearing aids finally so it's oh been nice. pretty exciting so nice how is bristol doing there she's doing good she's nice. doing really good what is and... she is she She's got to be like six, seven months now, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, dang, dude. Time flies. That is crazy. Dude, yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> I know, man. I, it's nuts, dude. So nuts. So It's almost like yesterday. That's true. That yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because I got a call last week from this, this woman, and the glass business that we have – we we didn't take over the business from this other guy, but we 
took over a lot of the clients, right? A lot of the consistent customers. And basically what happened was he made an introduction and said, hey, I'll vouch for these guys. Give them a try. If you want to keep using them, keep using them. And all of them did. But we also took over his phone number just to make it easier for those other businesses. So that way they don't have to you know, remember a new number like they've been dialing this number for 20 plus years, right? So it's just habit. Well, the problem is, is I also get a lot of phone calls from other random people, right? A lot of, I get a ton of calls from like Medicare and all these like spammers and stuff like that. Well, I also get calls from people who are just private customers of the former uh, owner of the, of this glass business or the phone or former owner of this phone number who will need like a windshield or something like that. And so I got a call from this, this, uh, woman last week and we'll call her Jenny. Okay. And Jenny's like, hi, uh, yeah, this is Jenny. And, um, I'm calling because I need a windshield for my car. She's like, it's a, you know, she starts telling me what car it is. And then she goes, I think you've already come and looked at it. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. Um, you might have me confused with the person who used to be doing this. I, I go, we're a new business now that we've taken over. And so I started explaining it to her and she was kind of like confused in the beginning. And then I was just like, well, look, what do you need? And so then we got the windshield job all squared out and everything. And I was telling my brother, I was like, yeah, man, I had to explain that to her, you know, that we're a different business and stuff. I said, I didn't want her to be shocked when, um, you know, when she doesn't see a middle-aged male come walking up to her house to do her glass job because the former owner, he was a, he's a few years older than me. And then I was like, actually come to think about it. I am a middle-aged male. <laughs> Fucking 40 years old, man. What the hell happened to the, what the hell happened? It feels like I just graduated like a couple of years ago. I don't get it. Like it's, it's nuts, man. It's nuts. I used to think 40 was so old. And now that I'm 40, I'm like, God, that's nothing. I, I got a long ways to go still. So yeah, I don't know what happens to the time when we get older, man. It just, it, I don't know. Like you just snaps, but it just flies by. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to getting any older, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but yeah, I guess it's part of life. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Most people don't think I'm as old as I am, which is a good thing. You know, especially when I tell them like that, I'm, a, you know, was a hardcore drug addict for 11 years and they really don't believe me. They're like, wow, you look a lot better than I thought you would. I said, yeah, I got really, really lucky. So, but anyways, moving on, we got a bunch of stuff to cover today. We definitely got some news on the NASCAR front. Um, Dirt racing side of things, I you know the old weather keeps on just keeping on with uh, canceling stuff yeah. and messing stuff up. Yeah, it's been. been Mother just... Nature's got a big points lead on that. Yeah, exactly. She's <laughs> definitely whooping ass right now in that that standings. But uh, got some stuff to cover in the NASCAR front. We do got uh, our hit or miss portion of the show. Um, we got a couple of asked three wide questions today that are very different but um, very good. That will uh, they will. St- interesting conversations. But before we get into all of that, I want to talk about what's going on in the F1 world because last week's race at, um, where the heck were they last week? I can't even remember the name. Uh, the Aj- Was it Azerbaijan? Yeah, it was uh, Azerbaijan. I don't um, know that guy. Yeah, uh, the track is Azerbaijan. <laughs> so Sergio Perez got the win at uh, last week's race at Azerbaijan. 
And on top of winning the race, he also won the sprint race Saturday. Now, there's a new formula with the sprint race where the sprint race doesn't affect your starting position in Sunday's Grand Prix, but you can earn championship points. And this was a really big deal because right now, as it sits, um, Sergio Perez is only, I think, what is it? Let me look it up real quick. He's only six points behind Max Verstappen. And this poses a really interesting situation because if you look at the Red Bull cars right now, they are obviously hands down the best car on the track. And, and it's it's really not even close, right? When when Charles Leclerc gets the pole, okay, and then basically is just like, yeah, but we're not going to hold off the Red Bull cars. I mean, you know, that's that's very telling, especially at a track like Azerbaijan, where it's really hard to pass at. This is a street circuit. So for Perez to win, all right, with a car that we know is very, very good. And Red Bull has not been shy about the fact that they have made, you know, Max Verstappen is their man. All right. I talked about this a few weeks ago. Will we see Red Bull let these guys race for the championship? Now, the reason I bring this up is because at Saudi Arabia, all right, when Perez won, this was the second race of the season, Max Verstappen was on the radio basically asking his uh engineer and you know team principal like hey are is are we are we gonna have Checo give me the position right and they're like no we're 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 racing and Verstappen was actually getting pissed was like we're racing for a championship essentially hey it's the second race of the year I'm in second place you need to tell my teammate to let me buy now that to me is one of the biggest punk moves ever right when we get to race 17 and Verstappen is trying to clinch a championship, I, I'm okay with that. When it's race two, okay, what are we doing? And fortunately, Red Bull was like, no, we're gonna we're racing, man. He's he's way far out in front. He had like a 15-second lead or something astronomical, and we're racing. And now with Checo winning the sprint race and the Grand Prix on Sunday. It's setting up a very interesting situation where there's a lot of news coming out that the Verstappen, the Verstappen, you know, party, their side of the Red Bull garage does not want Perez as his teammate anymore. I think Perez does pose a, I don't want to say a big threat, but it is a legitimate threat. All Verstappen has to have is one or two bad races, just bad luck. And we know how aggressive of a driver he is and the types of situations that he will put other drivers and himself in. It's one of the things that makes him so great is that the man is absolutely fearless and he can do things with the car that there are very few people on the planet that they can do, right? I mean, you're talking about, especially in the F1 world, you're talking about, you know, two or three drivers at most and Verstappen is one of them, all right? So for him, he's obviously chasing greatness. He's already got two championships. He's won a ton of races. He wants to get a third, right? I mean, you know, all these guys, when they come up and they win a championship, their their goal is to win another one, okay? They're all chasing this Schumacher, you know, 
of seven or now Schumacher and Hamilton, right? To see who can get to eight, who can be the greatest. Verstappen, he's in his early 20s. He definitely has an opportunity to do that and he's got to take advantage of these now. This is something that we see happen all the time where people will look at it and they'll be like, well, there's always next year, right? You look at what happened in 2021 on that last race, which gave Verstappen the championship. Lewis Hamilton should have won his eighth championship. There's no other way to, there's, you cannot say that any other way, okay? First, uh, Hamilton had a huge lead. Verstappen was not catching him. That caution doesn't come out. Hamilton wins. Even with that caution out, then we can sit and debate and argue all day long about what happened and all that stuff like that. But that was Hamilton's to win. He should have won his eighth championship. Now, he didn't. And what happened was is everybody said, don't worry, they'll be back, right? The famous scene of Toto Wolf in the black turtleneck saying everyone's a target. And what happened? Mercedes was not competing for a championship last year. Red Bull dominated. This year, Mercedes is not competing for a championship. In fact, Aston Martin has gone above them in terms of their ability with the car, or at least Alonso's has. So Verstappen has to take advantage of every opportunity that he has. And this year, they have another opportunity. And right now, his biggest hurdle is his teammate. And this poses a huge threat. And he is already on the defense about this. With When a driver is saying, hey, what are we doing? Right? Why is this guy still in front of me? Like asking for team orders to have him let, let him by. That's a problem. And so I asked the question weeks ago, would we see Red Bull let these guys race for a championship? And right now they're letting him. Now, eight points is not, a, or excuse me, seven points is not a big gap or six points, whatever the hell it is. Six points, God. Six points is not a big gap. That is a very small gap. Perez wins the next race and Verstappen finishes second. We could see them tied, okay? And the only thing that's going to make the rest of this season more exciting than it already is in terms of the drama happening in Red Bull is if that happens. If Sergio Perez wins and ties or gets ahead of Max Verstappen, then the question is going to be posed. Will these guys be allowed to actually race for a championship? Will we get to see what we saw with Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton all those years ago when Rosberg got that one championship, right? He went head to head with who many consider to be the GOAT and he won. It was only for one year, but he won. And will we see that happen with Perez and Verstappen? I am praying that we do. Absolutely praying because the Red Bull cars have been incredibly dominant. And the only one that can really pose a challenge to Verstappen so far has been his teammate. So hopefully Red Bull will let them duke it out on the track and we won't see off-track politics throw a wrench into it and cause problems like we have in previous seasons. Today's episode is brought to you by Produxa. Look, you guys, when it comes to protecting and adding a mirror-like shine to your surfaces, you pretty much have two options. You can go with one of those low, you know, quality products out there. Uh, you know, do the old school, like my parents used to do, use the old dish soap to wash your car or you can go with Produxa. You guys, I've 
personally use this stuff and it works incredible, man. Whether it's their ceramic coating, their wash, their tire shine, and it not only looks great, but it's super easy to use. I mean, my 10-year-old son was helping me use this stuff and we used it on my daughter's car and the car literally looked new. And my daughter's 17, so you can imagine that the car did not look new before we washed it. So if you want to actually give your car a mirror-like shine while in the process protecting it, head over to Produxa.com or the link down in the description below and check out their full line of products today. I can promise you, you will love them. All right, Keith, it is now time for hit or miss. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. I would have asked you your opinion on the F1 stuff, but you never watch it. So yeah, figured we just, just figured we just move on to the stuff you do. You do like it's not my cup of coffee. Yeah, that's OK. We got plenty of stuff to cover. That is your cup of coffee. So. First up, which is a big one, um, I, I was uh, I was surprised by this, but not shocked. Legacy Motorsports decision to switch manufacturers from Chevy to Toyota is a good one, which will yield them positive results in 2024. Hit or miss the mark? I think it hits the mark. I mean, in, in today's age of sports, motorsports, whether it's racing, any type of racing, money talks. And when these manufacturers go to these teams I'm sure Toyota threw a bunch of money to Legacy and said, "Look, switch to us, and we'll we will give you guys more R and D, more help from probably Joe Gibbs." I, I would have to assume. Um, I know. That, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I know it's got a lot of mixed reactions. Like, and I've seen comments from people like, "Well, everything that Chevy's done for Jimmy, well, this ain't Jimmy's career. This ain't Jimmy's racing career anymore." No, it's not. This is, he's part owner of this team. And Mm -hmm. sometimes tough decisions need to be made. I know, look at Stuart Haas. They went from Chevy to Ford and went to damn near one of the top Ford teams immediately. Yeah. Not saying that Legacy will jump that high, but they might. And it might help them having more backing from a new, new manufacturer to them. And it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see how it works out for them. Yeah, me too. And and I'm with you. You know, this Jimmy Johnson's not a driver anymore. And this is this is business, right? And you have to look at it that, you know, the whole Jimmy Johnson, well, Jimmy Johnson with Chevy. I mean, that goes both ways. It's not like Chevy's saying, hey, now Jimmy Johnson, now that you're with Legacy, now that we've got this legacy thing with you, we're gonna put you right up there at the top with Hendrick Motorsports. They're not doing that, right? So why wouldn't he? When you look at the 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 uh number of cars that are Toyota. Right. Keep in mind, until next year, it's two teams. It's Gibbs and 2311, which is basically a satellite team for Gibbs. So I think it's smart. I like it. And it's it's going to be huge for them. Yeah, because now they've immediately moved themselves up in the priority list in terms of manufacturer support. And and the good thing is, is you mentioned it. There's not very many Toyota teams, so that nope. in itself is going to help mm-hmm. because you you have a ton of Chevy teams. Yep. There's definitely more Chevys than Ford and Toyota, so Chevy has to be careful on what teams they really help the most. 
Toyota, they're they're elbows deep in any type of racing, helping mm-hmm. any Toyota team. So I love it. I think it's great. I know I seen a comment the other day. Well, th- this is this is failure for the Richard Petty name. There is no more Richard Petty name. No, Richard Petty has not been actively active within the ownership since GMS took over. Yeah. Because I seen where Jimmy pushed Petty to the side. Well, now let, let's be honest here. GMS is the one who pushed Richard to the side. And then Jimmy stepped in and was like, I'd like to get in on this. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. And and folks, Richard Petty, it, he's not 50 years old, right? No. And not only that, the, he comes from a completely different era. You know what I mean? Completely different. And if you look at drivers who or team owners who have come from different eras, you look at what makes them successful is they have the people who have kept up with the times and have are constantly innovating, right? Hendricks, Childress, that type of thing. And to me, this is what needs to happen with that team, right? It's it's always been like that. You've got to stay ahead of the curve. A comment that I made the other day to somebody is if if Richard Petty wasn't such a stick in the mud when it came to Petty Motorsports, it, it would have never changed. The team name would have never changed. But the, just from my point of view, I don't think Richard wanted to progress with the times because they never did. They never really, truly no. did. They always underperformed. They were always mediocre, whether mm-hmm. it was for the worst or for the good. And I think this is great for the whole legacy for whether it's petty GMS, either, or I think it's awesome. Yeah, yeah me too. So yeah, I'm, I, uh, I really like it and I think it's a good move on their part. So yeah, speaking I mean, of, we've, seen, we've <clears throat> seen the success Stuart house had with Ford. So, yep, exactly. So I think it'll be good for him. All right. Speaking of success for Toyotas after his cup win on Monday at Dover, Martin Trex Jr. will not retire after the 2023 season hit or miss the mark. I think it hits right in the middle. Um, I think if Martin's having fun, I don't think he'll retire. I think if, if Martin's not having fun, I think he will. Um, I truly think he waits till next year. So I'm going to have to say it, 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 I don't know. I'm in between it. I can't say hit uh, or miss. I'm with you. I, I'm leaning more towards hits the mark. And keep in mind, folks, I, this is just me. Something that I uh, quote that I am saying. I have not heard. Obviously, I have no inside information on this. But um, I think it. I think it, I'm leaning towards hits the mark. I do think if he is able to compete for championships and compete for wins. And like I said, like you said, he's still enjoying it then I think he's going to stick around. I think he's got more than another season in him. I think he could do two to three more. Um, It actually would not surprise me if the next contract that he signs, if he stays and the next contract he signs, if it wasn't for at least two seasons, Um, I do think that's possible. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him do it. Now, this me saying that he's a playoff favorite or, or a championship favorite this season. uh, They still got a lot to prove to me, but I think it would hurt Joe Gibbs to lose. Mark yes, Trek absolutely. Either. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they want to keep him and um, I think they will. I think he'll, he'll be back next season and even potentially 2025. But yeah, yeah. I think the win definitely, definitely helps and tilts the skills I, in that I direction. 
I hate to not choose one, but I'm like right in the middle. Yeah. I, I could go either way. Yeah, you could you could make the argument for either way. You absolutely could. Yeah. So all right. So after Ross Chastain's unfortunate antics once again at Dover. If drivers are unhappy with Ross Chastain, they need to actually do something about it or they need to shut the hell up. Hit or miss the mark. I think it hits the mark 100%. Um, Me too. If guys are tired of Ross pulling the same old Ross, do something. Yep. Now, flip side, I think they're afraid to do something because we've seen what happened to Denny. I think guys are just afraid. But yeah, but you know what? He, I, the, the Ross don't give a tour was in full effect all yeah. last year. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot yeah, of opportunities yeah. before Denny got punished a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I heard Denny Hamlin say, he's like, you know, it's not like Ross doesn't expect it. You know, when Denny got into him and got him back, Ross was like, eh, I deserve that. Right. Like, I mean, that he's not oblivious. So to me, we could go through every incident with him and there's a you could make the case that a lot of them are just racing incidents. The problem is is because of the reputation that he has, anytime anything happens, he's gonna get the short end of the stick and he's gonna get the just, the majority of the blame. I think it's part of Ross's driving style. It's it's take no prisoners and if you're in my way, I'm moving you. Yeah, um, and that's what's made him good. I, he's not I gonna lose that edge. No, no, yeah. and I don't think he should. I think uh -uh. it's great for the sport. Yep. Um and, and if there's one guy out in the field that I would be worried about getting payback on Ross, it's guy that's retiring at the end of the year that has no fucks to give. Yeah. That will have no fucks to give because he won't be here next year to, to get payback yeah. back to him. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I think, I think people are just starting to stretch the stuff with Ross. I, I just, I do too. I, my thing it's is, it's for the sport. I mean, nobody bitched when Dale, Dale senior was, moving guys out of the way and granted Ross doesn't have the wins or championships to be put in that category. But that, I mean, we've not had a guy move, move guys the way that Ross yeah. has moved them since Dale. So, yeah, well, you know, like at the end of the day, either talk to do something about it. Talk. Yeah. Or shut up. Right. If all you're going to do is complain about it and keep talking, shut up. Right. Because, it, to me, I don't know. A lot of it's racing. It's just racing. And if he bumps you, bump him back, right? And and be done with it. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of the whining. I get it. He 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 hits you. You don't like it, right? You know, do what Kyle Larson did this last week, no, right? And and get in his way. And, yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying. That, and that was probably the best payback anybody's yeah. got on Ross. Yeah. I mean, it costed him a win. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and to like Brennan Poole, for instance, uh, I think that was probably one of his only opportunities this yes. season. And and it's shitty because Ross comes to teams like the Rick Wears. Mm -hmm. That that Ross was in that situation before, so I, I truly don't think he meant to crash him. I really don't. It just looked like there was a lack of judgment. But yeah, I mean, we can sit and talk about this all day, and I'm ready for yeah. either somebody to stand up and put the smack down on Ross or sit, sit the fuck down and yep. shut up. Yep. Exactly. So, all right, moving on big news 
in the NASCAR world with Josh Berry signing with KHI. And this all but guarantees that he will be racing for Stuart Haas in 2024 in the Cup Series. Hit or miss the mark. Um, this this is another one where I'm like right in between. I mean, does it does it open the door to Stuart Haas? Possibly, but I think the performance that Josh Berry has shown in the Hendrick Cup cars have opened that door for Josh yes. Berry. Um, Absolutely. Do, does this help solidify his spot in Stuart Haas by doing the KHI management? Maybe. Um, I think it's great for Josh Berry to sign with a Kevin Harvick management company i think it's great for him um it's going to open up up a bunch of avenues that josh quite honestly don't have right now i mean he does but he doesn't to a point Mm -hmm. um this will open him up to new sponsors different sponsors and those sponsors just so happen to be kevin harvick's primary sponsor so yeah i wouldn't be surprised to see josh berry announced to the four car Around the Coca-Cola 600 time, I think that's all the rumors are hinting towards that weekend. So I think it's awesome. Um, it's awesome for Stuart Haas if it happens, and it's terrible for Chevy if it happens. Yes, it is horrible for Chevy. Um, great for horrible Stuart for Haas and great for Josh Berry, right? I mean, just it, it just is. Um, now I know you know we've talked about it before. There might be seats opening up other places. You know what I mean? There, you know, but. I think the fact that he's signing with KHI, I think, is great for Josh Berry. I think it does all but solidify that he'll be in the Cup Series next year. Does that guarantee a Stuart Haas seat? I think it leans it more in that direction, but it's not a guarantee. I think it kicks the door wide open. Yes, it really does. really do. Yep. And, and the reports that I've read, he is the odds-on favorite for the four. Now, the 10 might be open, too, next season. So, will it yeah, be the four? The- don't know will it be the 10 don't know i just know from a couple interviews that i've listened to with tony stewart they are really high on josh berry kevin harvick is really big on josh berry so i think kevin's gonna have a hand on picking who takes over the four yeah from what i've heard kevin harvick owns a little bit of the shares to the four so we'll we'll see i think he does i think he takes a seat if if not him i think if Christopher Bell gets pushed aside at Gibbs, I think that's another name to watch. Yes, I do think that's a possibility. So, and and the only reason why I say the Christopher Bell stuff for the listeners that are probably like, well, well I've never heard that before. Think about it. Uh, Christopher Bell is a dirt racer. He likes dirt racing. Joe Gibbs shut down the whole. You're not racing outside of NASCAR. Yep. Tony Stewart ain't gonna give a shit whether you want to race dirt or not. So. Yeah. I'd keep an eye on both of those names, but I think Josh Berry is definitely the favorite to go to the four. And I hope he does, because I'm a big Kevin Harvick fan, and I think Josh Berry would be a perfect replacement. Yeah, I do too. I would like to see it. And it would just be an amazing story when you look at how he's come up and the years that it took him to grind his way all the way to the Xfinity Series and now potentially the Cup Series. It's incredible. And, and and another thing is, is Stuart Haas, whether it's Tony or Gene, they're not afraid to take a flyer on a guy with no backing. No, they're not. Absolutely. And I think it's the best thing about that team. Yes. Yep. I'm with you. So 
So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully they'll make an announcement here in the coming weeks. And uh, yeah, that would be cool if he was going to be taking over the car. So, I, I hope he does. I yeah. like Josh Berry. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, but that's going to do it for hit or miss. And after the break, we're going to be wrapping things up with our NASCAR pick'em and a couple of ask three wide emails, which are in very opposite directions, but very interesting. So stick around. All right. So it is time for our NASCAR pick'em and Keith, once again, Beat me, God dang back it! Back on top, I'm back, back on, on top. top. Speaking of it. Josh Berry, Josh, <laughs> Keith had Josh Berry. I had Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson unfortunately fell victim to the incident between Poole and Chastain. Um, Berry ended up finishing in the top ten. So, Keith, you now have a twenty point lead on me in our NASCAR Pick'em standings, and that means that you also get. The first pick for this week's coming race at Kansas. Oh, man. There's a bunch of good cars to pick for Kansas. Um, The 2311 team comes to mind when it comes to Kansas. But I'm going to go Ross Chastain. I think Ross gets it done at Kansas. He's been fast here lately, so. Okay, so you're going to pick Ross Chastain. You have not picked him yet, so that is a valid guess. I am so torn on this. Looking at who I've picked here. Huh. I think I'm going to stay. I think, oh, I shouldn't say stay. I think I'm going to go with the Toyotas. Um, I like it. I wish I hadn't, I wish I hadn't picked Bubba Wallace already. Uh, you know, I'm going to actually no, pick. That's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> like I should have picked him already. Yeah. But you good. know, God dang it. And I'd like to pick Tyler Reddick, but I really want to save him for a road course, but you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go. Oh, no, never mind. I take that back. Uh, er, never mind. I'm not going with a Toyota driver because I haven't picked. Okay, I know who I'm going with. I'm going with Kyle Busch. And I'm going with Kyle Busch like strictly it. because I think Kansas is very similar to Fontana in terms of the multiple grooves, top, middle, bottom. Um, it's a big, wide open, you know, it's got some banking, but not a ton. We saw how dominant he was at Fontana. He hasn't um, been the best lately. I mean, he did obviously get that win uh, not long ago, but I think, I think, I think, I think Bush is going to have a bounce back run this week. So I'm going to take Kyle Bush, Keith. You've got Ross Chastain, and hopefully, I can narrow the gap because we've only got a few weeks. We've only got well, I said I say only, but this we're we're in we're going into week twelve out of twenty. So uh, yeah, we're. We're past the halfway point on our NASCAR pick'em. Well past it, so we will have to see what happens. All right. So to wrap things up, we got a couple of um, interesting ask three wide questions. Now, really quick, just some context um, for those of you guys who uh, don't don't uh, know or haven't seen it or anything like that. Um, 
I've talked about before. I have another, I have an online business where I do sim racing and live streaming and all these different things. Um, one of the things that I do is live streams when I'm racing. During my live streams, a lot of times I will be racing. I'll get asked the question and it'll turn into a five or seven minute rant on something. Uh, this happens all the time, as you guys could probably imagine. And I, I remember a couple weeks ago, I was talking about this. I was covering this topic or kind of going off about this topic. And I can't remember exactly what brought it up, but I got kind of on a rant on the whole fake gurus, you know, thing that we see online. And this is something that is out there everywhere. It is everywhere. If you have ever looked up on the computer, right, on your phone, on a laptop, anything, right, on the internet, if you've ever looked up ways to increase money, right, ways to work from home, how to make money online, anything like that, then you have no doubt been inundated with all these ads from all these different guys, right? All promising you, you know, wealth and fame and massive amounts of money. And they're all doing the same bullshit, right? It's them in front of fancy cars, you know, counting $100 bills and throwing cash and on private jets. And it's all the same bullshit, okay? The reason they do that is because, believe it or not, it works. And having spent years years studying and learning about online business and stuff like that. I've dealt with a lot of these people, right? Not personally, but I've gone through programs or or done webinars on stuff like this. And I've discovered that 95% of them are full of shit. Okay. They just are. And so I have a very, very strong opinion against them. And like I said, I went on a rant. A, a, it's been a few weeks now um, about them. And I got a question, or me and Keith got a question. We got a question in the Ask 3 Wide email. And if you want to ever ask us a question, you can do so at ask3wide at gmail.com. And that's ask the number three wide at gmail.com. And it's from Jim. He said, Tommy and Keith, I want to ask a question about entrepreneurship. And he says, Tommy, I've heard you talk about this on your live streams. I've been wanting to get into online businesses and I've been looking for a mentor. This is something that I've talked about before too, about mentorship, finding somebody who's actually succeeded and then doing what they do. Okay. I've, I've talked about this in multiple instances. He said, someone that I came across is Grant Cardone. So Tommy and Keith, if you know of him what are your thoughts on Grant Cardone and should I enter into his program? Thanks, Jim. Okay, so first of all, before I go ranting on this, Keith, do you know who Grant Cardone is? I do not. Okay. Do you know who Jordan Belfort is? The Wolf of Wall Street? I've heard of him, but I don't okay. know of him. So if you're not into sales or online sales or, or real estate or anything like that, you probably don't know who these guys are. But Grant Cardone is somebody who, <clears throat> to make a very long story short, okay, Grant Cardone is somebody who came along on uh, the internet, right, already had other businesses around the time of the real estate crash, started doing stuff online for, you know, basically sales, closing, that type of thing, which is a big, big deal um, for people. 
most people hear the term sales and they really clam up because what people think of when they think of sales is they think of that that typical cookie cutter used car salesman, right? The guy who's trying to pull one over on you, the guy who's trying to scam you, right? He's getting you to sign up for the upgrades and all the extra bullshit that you don't need. That's just going to cost you money, right? Like that's what people think. And Grant Cardone is someone who came along and really started pushing this idea of, of marketing and selling. And there was a bunch of people who were doing it at the time, but he really came came along and he was really in your face about it. And what I mean about in your face about it was he was everywhere. You saw him everywhere and you could still see him everywhere to this day. Go do a search for Grant Cardone and watch how many ads you get shown of Grant Cardone on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and everywhere else, right? It's everywhere. Well, Grant Cardone, in my opinion, right? And yes, the man has made a lot of money. He's successful. But in my opinion, Grant Cardone is a clown. Okay. He's a clown. All right. That does not mean that he's not successful. That does not mean he's not wealthy. Okay. It means he's a clown. You know, when I hear people talk, okay, about when I hear instances or situations where they say things like, you know, if you've only got a thousand dollars left to your name, this is the best investment you can make, right? And it's my training course. When I hear shit like that, it really makes me mad. I really get upset by it. I think Grant Cardone pushes what 95% of every other so-called guru, right? Or, you know, mentor out there pushes. Okay. We've talked about this before about entrepreneurship and stuff like that, because we've been asked similar, not questions about a person specifically, but about entrepreneurship, about online business. I've taken some of his stuff. I think it's very cookie cutter. There's no great secrets in it. Most of the stuff that he teaches is stuff that you can find in a book. Okay. I always tell people this. If you want to make a good living, learn to sell. If you want to become extremely wealthy, learn to market and sell. Those really are the two things, okay? And understand selling is really just a form of marketing. And you can sell without being a slime ball. You really can. I know this because I do it every single day, okay? The, the best salesmen are the people who do it without selling. And the reason for this is because as as human beings we love to buy but we hate being sold it's why when we go to you know best buy right or whatever name a store okay and we're going to go there when we want to buy a tv and we're looking and we might even have questions that we want to ask somebody and when somebody comes up to you right when that person on the floor walks up to you and says Hi, my name's Tommy. Can I help you with anything? The response that every person has is, no thanks, I'm just looking. Even if you want to ask a question, you're going to say that because you don't want to be sold, right? You want to buy. And psychologically, that means you engage first. That's all it is. What people want is authenticity. That's what people want. It's why we see so many of these fake Instagram bullshit people, right? All this crap that we always hear about these stories of people being like, how many Instagram models, okay, are out there who claim to be traveling all over the world and come to find out they got a fucking green screen in their attic or some bullshit, right? Like it, it's, we are so indebted with false. People just want something that's real. And to me, 
Grant Cardone, in my opinion, right? So I don't get sued or in trouble or anything like that. In my opinion, I think he's just fake. I, I do. I think he's a clown. Everything I see from him is about some stupid, you know, 10X conference and buy your tickets and come learn from the best. I've seen all those people stuff. I've gone through a lot of it. And 95% of it is stuff that I can find with a library card. It really is. Okay. Now there are mentors out there that you can go through who do take those same concepts, right? The basic concepts and they put their own little twist or spin on it. Or what they do is they save you time. And that's the biggest thing when you, if you do find a mentor out there, I always, um, the one person that I will always recommend is Jason Stapleton. He's the person that I had the most success with. I still follow him. He's no nonsense. He doesn't bullshit. He's very open and upfront about things like he really is. And like I said, it's not fluff. It's not, it's not crap. It's not a bunch of, you know, videos of private jets and, and all that nonsense, right? It's very real. So a mentor can save you a ton of time, right? That's, that's what a mentor can do. If people came to me, right? And they actually, like, let's say I did a, a training on how to start an online business. The thing that I can save people is years of trial and error, right? Because I already did it. I already effed up, right? I already spent six or seven years trying stuff that doesn't work, right? So I do know how to get there faster. And for some people, that's worth money. And I'm not saying that, that Grant Cardone doesn't have something like that. I'm just saying that I haven't seen it and the stuff that I have seen is nonsense, okay? So that's my opinion. When it comes to the gurus, the ones that are out there that are the most in your front or in your face, right? You see them all the time. If they're on private jets, popping champagne, all this bullshit, you see them talking to celebrities and all that. That's nonsense. There's, it, there's no substance to that because that means nothing. It doesn't, right? Now, if you want to live that lifestyle, if that's what you're chasing, right? And you think it's, by all means, man, go for it. Learn the hard way. But the vast majority of them, don't actually make money doing the thing that they're teaching. That, that's the craziest thing about it. Grant Cardone does make some money in real estate and stuff like that. But the vast majority of these people that you see all the time talking about how to make money on YouTube or how to make money doing drop shipping and all this other nonsense, most of them don't make money doing that. They make money teaching other people how to do that, right? It's, the, it's one of the dumbest, it's, it's one of the dumbest, biggest scams out there. It's so ridiculous. Okay. Imagine tomorrow. All right. Just we'll use a very simple example. So everybody can understand. Imagine tomorrow I go to a, a technical school. Okay. And I learn how to, you know, change brakes on cars. Right. And then I go out and I start a business teaching people not only how to change brakes on cars, but I, I'm now teaching people how to open up a brake shop business, right? I've never had a successful brake shop business, right? I've never even really changed that many brakes, but I've learned how to do it, okay? I've read the book on how to do it, right? I've taken the training course on how to do it. Now, do I really have experience? Do I really have the knowledge and know-how to help people find success on that path? No, I don't. 
right? I've, 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 I've learned it, but I haven't done it. There's a huge difference between knowing how to do something and actually being able to do it. All right. Big, big difference. So for me, Jim, uh, Grant Cardone, I would say stay away. Like I said, my recommendation, is, like I said, is Jason Stapleton. He's not hard to find. If you just go do a search for Jason Stapleton, he'll he'll pop up. Keep in mind, I have no affiliations or ties to him at all other than he helped me. Okay, that that's it. So, yeah, that's my opinion on it. I know that's very off the topic of racing, but like I said, I do go on these rants sometimes against this stuff um, in my live streams and Jim is a name that I do recognize. I'm not sure it's the Jim I'm thinking of, but it isn't. It may even be a fake name. I don't know, but um, I know that I've I've gone on this rant before. So, so yeah. Anyways, that's my thoughts on it. But uh, Keith, I know you you don't know him. So moving on, let's uh let's get to the next one, which is racing, and this is going to be a very interesting topic because uh, we don't have a lot of context here, and this one is from Donnie. He said. Tommy Keith, love the pod. I want to get into dirt racing. Excuse me. <clears throat> All right, let's try it again. I want to get into dirt racing, but I'm not sure what I should start in. Should I do midgets, sprint cars, modifieds, etc.? Thanks, Donnie. So he's talking about real life racing. Okay. Um, from, from the way that I read this, he's talking about real life racing. Cause I would imagine if he was talking about sim racing, Keith, he would say sim racing. Um, yeah, you so would think. you would think, right? So he's, he's talking about real life and we're going to, we're going to treat this as he's talking about real life racing. Now the, the issue is, um, and me and Keith, we were kind of, we kind of touched on this just a little bit before we started recording the pod today is, um, we don't have any context Donnie, right? Keith, like. I mean, have you ever driven anything? I, or you say you want to start dirt racing. Like, have you done asphalt, go-karts, street stocks, like anything? Like, did you race lawnmowers? Like, I don't, I don't know because to just hop into, first of all, you're not going midget racing. Let's just get that out there right now. Okay. <laughs> don't do it. For you to start dirt racing, if you, especially if you are someone with little to no experience, I would not recommend a dirt midget. I would recommend a dirt midget or or a sprint car. No, uh -uh. Uh, I mean, yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah, you know, um, and if you were going to do some kind of dirt sprint car, I would recommend something like a, you know, out here we have like spec sprints, um, you know, or a spec or a sportsman series. Yeah, a 305 or something like that. And even a 305 is is going to be if you've never raced before, right? If you've never done dirt racing. I, I mean, I, I got to imagine, I got to imagine he's got some kind of racing experience in this, the way that he's worded this is not great. So, um, cause I wouldn't think that he would just be like, I've never raced before. Now I want to hop in and start racing these cars. I would think that he would want to start. I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's coming into a bunch of money and he's like, I just want to, just want to, I love sprint cars. Want to go do it. I, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend starting off in, in something like sprint cars or midgets or something like that. Late models. Um, no, uh, uh, even God, man, even modifieds. Now, if you were going to do something like a modified, you know, and I don't know all the stuff they have all over the Midwest or, you know, East coast, but like on the West coast. So we have like 
what they call, you know, crate mods or sport mods, which are essentially, it's a, it's basically like a, a, a full on modified race car, but it's got a restricted engine, right? It's got a, it's got a, a crate motor, um, or it's got a, uh, like a, well, no, it's a crate motor, but it's just, a, it's a restricted crate motor. So something like that, if you were really wanting to get into, to modified or late models, you know, something like that, you could start in, um, I would also say maybe something like a street stock or a mini stock. I was going to say something like that, like yeah. a street stock, hobby stock, something mm -hmm. cheap, affordable. You can learn in. You could beat the hell out of it. Yeah. And, and be you know? back the next week now. And, and this is no takeaway from from you as a person. I just don't think it would be smart jumping into a sprint car or midget because, one, they're expensive. Two, you, they crash it pretty easy and yes and when you crash you tear some stuff up and i'm not sure what kind of money you're trying to spend i would just go the cheap way just to learn if you're new to to the sport yeah and and try it and then spend a little bit of time in that and then progressively move up yes like yeah. spend a couple years in a hobby stock then move up to the next next up which would be a modified and then if you like the modified and you do good in it keep moving up yeah i just wouldn't jump into something elbows deep without doing it yeah it, i'm with you man just because um you know there the amount of the amount of classes that are out there is pretty endless right and i don't know you know, it doesn't say where it, you don't have on here where you're from or anything like that. So I don't know where you're at, but I would imagine if you're wanting to go dirt racing, you've got to be somewhere where there is dirt racing, right? At least within driving range. So, you know, whatever the, the low, the lowest low, you know, thing class that you have at your local track is probably what I would recommend starting with, right? Whether that's, you know, like Keats at hobby stocks or even like a mini stock, mini stocks are huge out here at some of the tracks here in California. Um, you know, it's one of the biggest classes there is. And it's because you can go buy, uh, you know, a little Honda Civic and <laughs> convert it to a dirt car. You know what I mean? Like it's there, it's a simple thing to do. So, and it gets your foot in the door and that's always the biggest thing. You know, that's always the biggest thing. Um, I am somebody who has some racing experience. Keep in mind, I've only raced outlaw carts, but it's been a long time. If I wanted to go racing right now, if I came into money and wanted to go racing, I would not hop into a midget or a sprint car. I just, I would not do it. Right. I, I would have to have to get back into it and gradually work myself up to even something like that. And even then, I don't know if I would want to run a midget or a sprint car. Like Keith said, the costs are insane. One of the guys that I do business with um, in the glass business, he owns one of the body shops and he runs a couple of 360 teams. He has two cars. They have two drivers. The drivers are family members, right? But he runs it, right? And he's got, you know, he's got the, the big, you know, the 40 foot trailer, the hauler, he's got the whole shebang, right? Like if he wanted to like go run the all-star tour or even like, a you know, a a limited outlaw schedule, he could do it. All he would need is some 410 engines. Like that's the type of operation he has. And he was telling me that it costs him like three to four grand just to drop the door on the trailer at the track. 
meaning just to get to the track, get the entry fees, the, you know, the tires, the fuel, the, the, just the cost to run the cars that night. It's like $4,000. Okay. That's a lot of money for, you know what I mean? To, to sprint car race. So that's definitely something you want to work yourself up to, you know, it, it is. And, um, you know, taking the wing off doesn't make it any cheaper, cheaper, makes it more dangerous, but doesn't make it any cheaper. In fact, it's probably more expensive because the non-wing payouts are not what the wing payouts are even at the local level. So, except for maybe Indiana. So, you know, I, yeah, I would, I would find whatever you've got, your local stuff is where you're at and go there and check out the divisions that they have, what they run consistently, right? The consistent divisions. And then talk to some of the people in the pits, man. Um, you know, those guys will talk to you. It's not like, it's not like going into the NASCAR garage. You know what I mean? Where you, you, you can't just walk up and start talking to the crew chief of the, of the nine team. Like you can, those guys will talk to you there. You, you know what I mean? You're just, Go, hey man, uh, I'm kind of interested in doing that. Obviously, don't do it while they're working on the car, but at the end of the night or something like that, walk out. I'm, you know, I'm wanting to get into this, these myself. And did you guys build this? Did you buy it? Did you get a used one? Like what? You know, how could I do it? I, they will gladly answer questions for you, man. It, no problem. The dirt community is open. Okay, they really are. So, I would go do that. And, uh, that'll definitely get your foot in the door and, you know, see if you like it, you know, um, I would say probably, probably the most advanced car that I would recommend somebody do if they don't have like any dirt racing experience. And it, the only reason I'm saying this is because I actually know somebody who is doing this right now as we speak. Um, he actually lives just a few minutes from me. And, uh, he had like never raced before and he started doing dwarf car racing on the dirt this year and he's doing pretty good at it. Um, so that's about it, you know, and those are just, those are bigger than a go-kart and smaller than everything else, but they're still pretty pricey. They're not cheap. So yeah, anything above that, I would, I would not recommend until you actually have some dirt experience. So yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, in today's new age of pricing, everything's just priced so high, and and the sprint car stuff is going to be even more expensive because the prices, oh the modified God. stuff. I mean, I would start small and mm -hmm. then work your way up. Like, even a dirt legend would be something good to learn in. Yep. Um, or even a dwarf car. I mean, they're they're pretty similar. Um, yep. Or even a micro, but even then, micro racing can get just as expensive. Yeah, when you get into talking, the, we're talking racing, so it's all yeah, expensive. yeah, it's all going to cost. Yeah. I would, I would honestly go to your local dirt track, depending on where you live. Go, go watch a weekend, go watch a night, and then roam the pits afterwards and talk to some of the guys, talk to some of the crews, and and get some feelers out there to see where you want to go with it. Yeah. I just wouldn't jump into a midget or sprint car with yeah. no experience. I, that just wouldn't end well, I yeah. don't think. Yeah. Yeah. If we're talking real life, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Now look, if you're talking sim racing world, because me and Keith obviously we do that and you're talking yeah, jumping anything, jump jump anything you want, man. Go for it, dude. Knock yourself out because there's no there you ain't gonna lose any money, you're not gonna hurt you, yourself. You have Go a restart yeah. button. You yeah, have exactly. a reset button. Exactly. Unfortunately, and that's in that that situation, race everything. <laughs> 
unfortunately in life there is not a reset button. No, there's so you kind of gotta you gotta sit and think about it. I mean, even hop on YouTube and just YouTube some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is some stuff out there that you can find. Especially when you're talking about the lower level stuff, right? With the street stocks and the hobby stocks and the sport mods and things like that, because there's a lot of people who have stuff out there. Um who have been in similar situations as you that they want to learn, they want to get into it, but they don't know where to start. And so people, you know, they, they remember that stuff and they, they put stuff out to help people like that. So yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a good, good call on that, Keith. Cause yeah, that can definitely provide you some, some nuggets even, of information. Even a Hornet. I mean, all a Hornet is, is a front wheel drive, neat neons, Cavaliers, yeah, some Hondas. So I mean, you can go to your local junkyard, find a Hornet, throw a roll cage in it and a seat and be good yep. to go. Yep. So there's all kinds of different avenues. It's just, I would, I would truly start small and then work your way up. I wouldn't start big and then crash it or blow up and be like, fuck now what? Yep. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. So hopefully that helps you. Donnie, but yeah, thank you very much for the email. You too, Jim. We really appreciate it. If or, you want to, well, what's up? Or if you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Yeah. Um, I can try to help you the best I can and give you some advice and point you in the right direction on which way you want to go to. So there's that too. Definitely. So yeah, you can always email the show again. We don't get inundated with a ton of emails. This, I think in all the time that we've been doing this, this is the first time ever we've had two in one week. So yeah, um, not not huge. So yeah, if you want to just <laughs> write back in, go right ahead. <laughs> we'll probably be able to answer it again. But that's going to do it, everybody, for this week's episode. Thank you very much, as always. Please download, subscribe, share, follow us. You can follow us on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Oh, hell, just leave a review and a rating and we'll... There you go. Good too. There you go. You can do that also. <laughs> so, and if you have done that, thank you. I haven't even looked at that. I got to be honest. I have not checked if anybody's done that over the last couple of weeks. I'm very sorry. That, like I talked about before, these 16, 18 hour days are really catching up with me. So if you have done that, thank you. I appreciate it. But anyways, Yep. Thank you very much, as always, for joining us. Keith, my man, enjoy your weekend. Uh, yeah, I'll be at work, so there's going to be there no go. enjoyment there until yep, I, I get gotta, paid, and then it'll be enjoyment. Yep, I got to work Saturday <laughs> this week also. I got windshields to swap out and everything else. So Fun stuff. I wouldn't, yep. wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. So, anyways, that's going to do it. Thank you very much, everyone, as always. And until next time, 